Welcome to Evil Done Badly, the worst true crime podcast on the internet. We're doing something a little different this time. This is a bonus episode. We're calling this one Evil and Edibles. So uh, we're going to have a little bit of weed here. And then we're going to tell you about some uh, famous cunts from history. Seems appropriate. And uh, we've uh, got a new theme song in honor of this uh, new format here. So uh, stay tuned for that. And uh, before we get started, I'd like to say go ahead and join the uh, Wide World of Paranormal Investigations group on Facebook. They've got over 10,000 members. And now there is a Evil Done Badly, the worst true crime podcast ever group on Facebook. And it has closer to 10 members. Not quite 10,000 at all. But uh, if, if you feel like stopping by, that would be great. Thanks a lot, and uh, let's hear the theme song for this uh, wacky episode. Let's go. If you got some weed, we will take it from you gladly. Don't be a cunt, this is evil, dumb badly, yeah, bitch! Okay, before we get started here, let me just say that this stuff is uh, pretty coherent. So, you know, I didn't write it, but the uh, AI knows what it's talking about. There's a little bit of repetition here, and it might get annoying, but it won't get nearly as annoying as uh, me as I sit here stoner and stoner trying to read this stuff to you. So, without further ado, let's get in there and discuss this first Cunt from history, Jill DeRay. Or Jill's DeRay's something. He was a French nobleman and a military leader during the Hundred Years' War between England and France. He was alive from 1404 to 1440, so I guess that Hundred Years' War got squeezed into 36 years. No, probably not. It probably outlasted him. He was also known for his reputation as a notorious serial killer and a practitioner of occult rituals. DeRay was born into a wealthy family and inherited vast estates at a young age. He became a prominent figure in the French army and fought alongside Joan of Arc in several battles. I don't think she's a cunt of history, but I do believe she's quite loopy. Either way, after Joan of Arc's execution, DeRay retired from military service and became involved in alchemy and other occult practices. DeRay was accused of kidnapping, torturing, and murdering dozens, if not hundreds, of children between the ages of 6 and 18. He was accused of committing these horrific crimes in order to engage in satanic rituals and to gain magical powers. DeRay was eventually arrested, tried, and convicted of his crimes, and was executed by hanging and burning at the stake in 1440. They were not fucking around. They were going to make sure this guy was good and dead. The story of Jill DeRay has become the subject of numerous works of fiction, including the play The Lark by Jean Anuil and the novel, 
The Name of the Rose by Umberto Eco. Despite the passage of time, the ray remains a figure of fascination and horror to this day, and his legacy continues to be debated and studied by scholars and historians. Okay, these are famous cunts from history. Long ago history. So the stuff that we are learning about them is pretty sketchy. Now, there's probably no reason to think this Jill's guy was not a bad dude, but I'm sure the legend of him torturing and killing and jizzing all over these uh, dead children is probably blown out of proportion. Uh, it doesn't say it here, but I'm pretty sure he liked to uh, jizz all over people, especially dying ones, so... Uh, that could be just made up, though. Maybe he's not that big of a cunt, but I got a feeling there was some jizz involved. Jizz! The Rays, I mean, Jills! The Rays was accused of killing dozens of boys between the ages of 6 and 18. Okay, chat GPD, yeah, okay. There you go. He had kidnapped them and lured them to his estates. So if you didn't want your child to be kidnapped or lured, just uh, put a t-shirt on him that says... I'm 19, or I'm 5, and it gets him outside of the range of 6 to 18 because that's what he liked. Some of the victims were reportedly subjected to torture and sexual abuse before being killed, while others were killed immediately. DeRay was accused of committing these horrific crimes in order to engage in satanic rituals and to gain magical powers. And... It's important to note that the exact number of victims and the details of these crimes are difficult to determine because it's a way back in history and I don't really take any of it very seriously. However, it is widely accepted that DeRay did commit multiple murders and that his actions were a significant departure from the norms of his time and place. Yes, he certainly sounds like one fucked up individual. There are reports that Jill's committed sexual abuse and torture on some of his victims before killing him. It's difficult to determine what the motivations behind his crimes were, as there is limited reliable contemporary sources that provide insight into his psychology. Yes, it was... 600-ish years ago. No one knows what the fuck was going through his head. It is possible he derived some form of sadistic pleasure from the acts of violence and cruelty that he perpetrated against his victims, including sexual abuse. However, it is also possible that his crimes were motivated by a desire for power, wealth, or spiritual fulfillment through occult practices. It's important to note that while DeRay's actions were certainly extreme, they do not fit neatly into anyone's psychological category. This guy is all sorts of crazy, and the true motivations behind his crimes may never be fully understood. But personally, I don't think he actually gained any magical powers. He's just a dirty old cunt. Dirty cunt number two. Elizabeth Bathory, 1560 to 1614 was a Hungarian noblewoman who is sometimes referred to as the Blood Countess or Countess Dracula. 
She is famous for allegedly torturing and killing young girls in order to bathe in their blood, which she believed would keep her youthful and beautiful. Bathory was accused of killing hundreds of girls over a period of several years. The exact number is uncertain, as many of the stories about her are likely exaggerated or untrue, so she killed somewhere between 0 and 700 people. That's quite the range, and, well, make what you will of it, it's probably more like 6. Bathory was found guilty of numerous counts of torture and murder and was sentenced to life imprisonment. And their version of life imprisonment was for her to spend the rest of her life confined to a single room in her own castle where she died of boredom in 1614. It is worth noting that many of the stories about Bathory are likely myths or exaggerations and the true extent of her crimes may never be known for certain. Nonetheless, she maintains a remains. Yes, okay, here we go. Try it again. She remains a notorious figure in history and has been the subject of numerous books, films, and other media. The exact motivation behind Elizabeth Bathory's alleged crimes is uncertain, but there are several theories. The Cradle of Filth album based on her life was pretty good, I gotta say. It was catchy. One theory is that Bathory believed that bathing in the blood of young girls would keep her youthful and beautiful. There are stories that she would torture and kill her victims in order to extract their blood and would then bathe in it or drink it. Sure, you say so. Another theory is that Bathory was mentally ill or suffered from a disorder that led her to commit violent acts. Yep, yep. She may have suffered from a form of sadism or psychopathy. Yep, yep, you nailed it there, AI. Yep, good. Yeah, she definitely has a screw loose. It's also possible that Bathory's actions were driven by a desire for power or control. As a wealthy noblewoman, she may have felt that she had the right to do as she pleased. And, well, she figured she had the right to torture and dominate others. Whatever the motivation behind her actions, Bathory's alleged crimes were horrific and have earned her a place as one of history's most notorious serial killers. Even though nobody has any idea how many corpses she laid in her wake. Famous cunt number three is Vlad the Impaler, also known as Vlad Dracula or Vlad III, was a ruler of Wallachia, now part of modern-day Romania, Wallachia, Wallachia, who lived from 1431 to 1476. He is famous for his brutal and violent tactics, which, oddly enough, included impaling his enemies on stakes by their anuses. Vlad was born into a noble family, and you know what noble spoiled children do? They like to impale people on their anuses. And he spent much of his childhood in captivity in the Ottoman Empire. He eventually returned to Wallachia and became its ruler in 1456. 
During his reign, he was known for his cruelty and willingness to use extreme violence to maintain his power and control. One of Vlad's most infamous tactics was impalement through the butthole, which involves sticking a sharp stake through a person's body and leaving them to die slowly. He reportedly used this method to execute thousands of people, including his enemies, criminals, and anyone else who opposed him. Vlad's violent reputation spread beyond his own kingdom and into neighboring countries. He became known as Vlad the Impaler and was feared by many. His tactics were so brutal that they are said to have inspired the fictional character of Dracula in Bram Stoker's novel. Despite his reputation for violence, Vlad was also known for his efforts to defend Wallachia against foreign invaders, particularly the Ottoman Empire. He died in battle against the Ottomans in 1476 and was buried in a monastery in Romania. I guess these uh, Ottomans really like to, you know, kick back and put their feet up. Today, Vlad the Impaler is remembered as a controversial figure in history, while some view him as a hero who defended his kingdom against invaders and poked numerous buttholes. Others see him as a brutal and sadistic, statistic, sadistic ruler who committed horrific acts of violence. Famous cunt number four is Caligula, whose full name is Gaius Julius Caesar Augustus Germanicus. I, uh, I was kind of expecting Caligula to be in there somewhere, but uh, I have no idea what a Caligula is then. I thought it was the dude's name. He was a Roman emperor who ruled from 37 to 41 AD. He's remembered for his cruelty, extravagance, and erratic behavior. Caligula was born in 12 AD in Antium, which is now Enzio, Italy. His father was the Roman general Germanicus, and his mother was Ag Agrippina the Elder, who was the granddaughter of the Emperor Augustus. Caligula was known for his love of power and his tendency to act impulsively. During his brief reign, Caligula engaged in a number of controversial and cruel acts. He ordered the execution of people he considered enemies, including members of his own family. He also engaged in sexual relationships with his sisters and was rumored to have appointed his favorite horse <laughs> in Sidiatius as a consul. You know what? That horse probably made as much sense as... 95% of the population, sir. I don't blame you. Go for it. Caligula was also known for his lavish spending and extravagance. Must be nice. He built elaborate palaces and engaged in large-scale public works projects, such as the construction of a bridge across the Bay of Naples. But despite his many excesses, Caligula's reign was relatively short. In 41 AD, he was assassinated by a group of his own guards. Seems like they found him pretty cuntish, too. His legacy has been hotly debated by historians, with some viewing him as a tyrant 
and others seen him as a victim of his own ambition and instability. I find it hard to think this guy's a victim of anything. Caligula's reign as Roman Emperor was characterized by his cruelty, extravagance, and erratic behavior. He's remembered as one of the most controversial and despotic rulers in Roman history. He had an excessive and often arbitrary use of violence. He executed members of his own family, including his own father-in-law, as well as senators and other prominent citizens, who he perceived as threats to his power. He also ordered the execution of people for trivial reasons or no reason at all, leading to widespread fear and paranoia among the population. Well, you know, we'll keep people in order. At least until it gets you killed. Caligula's behavior was also marked by extreme extravagance and waste. He squandered the Roman treasury on lavish construction projects, such as the construction of an enormous floating palace in the Bay of Naples. This guy's ballin'. He also staged elaborate spectacles and games, which were often cruel and brutal. He reportedly engaged in incestuous relationships with his sisters and was said to have committed numerous acts of sexual violence and perversion. Finally, Caligula's erratic and unpredictable behavior made him unpopular with many of his subjects. How about that? He often acted on impulse and was prone to violent outbursts, leading many to fear for their safety. So, uh, what was his game that he used to stage? He was known for staging elaborate and often cruel games and spectacles. Uh, they were often designed to showcase his wealth and power and to entertain and impress the public. One of the most infamous games Caligula staged was the circus games, which involved chariot races, gladiator fights, and other forms of entertainment. Caligula reportedly enjoyed watching these games and would often become so excited he would jizz his pants, jump into the arena, and participate in the fights himself. That's uh, kind of ballsy, because, I mean, you're like the rich guy that lots of people don't like. You're bound to get your head lopped off that way. He would uh, stage elaborate and bizarre spectacles, such as mock sea battles, and involve flooding entire arenas with water. He would stage reenactments of famous battles, often with him playing the role of the victorious general. Yeah, this guy thinks a lot of himself. He also staged a series of games that involved the execution of prisoners and criminals. These games were often brutal and cruel, with prisoners forced to fight wild animals or each other to the death. Well, you said they were prisoners and criminals, you know, we're not giving them a four-star hotel. Now, go get eaten by that bear. Some prisoners were even tied to stakes and burned alive just for the shits and giggles of it just hey look look what we're doing over here we're burning this guy this could be you next week but uh you should enjoy it right now because you're next overall it was pretty cruel extravagant and bizarre and his absolute power and his desire to impress and entertain his subjects were a reflection of his personality uh, I also heard a story about that guy as he used to, uh, I think he would invite people to his house for dinner and then just serve them plates of shit. 
I'm pretty sure Caligula's the guy. I'm pretty sure the plates of shit. Like, you're expecting, like, lobster or something, and turns out Caligula don't really like you. He's just gonna give you a plate of shit and make you eat it or else he'll kill you. Bon appetit. Hideous. Famous cunt number five is Genghis Khan, the founder and first emperor of the Mongol Empire. He was born in 1162 in what is now Mongolia, and he spent his life as a warrior and tribal leader. He's known for his brutal tactics in warfare, including mass executions, enslavement of conquered peoples, and the use of human shields. He also implemented a policy of terror known as the Yaza, which included harsh punishments for even minor crimes, and a system of collective punishment for entire families and communities. Under Genghis Khan's leadership, the Mongol Empire grew to become the largest contiguous empire in history, spanning from China to Eastern Europe. Okay, ChatGPT, this is, this is not a geography, not a geography podcast at all. Can we get on with it? Many historians estimate that millions of people died as a result of Genghis Khan's military campaigns. Despite his reputation as a cruel and ruthless leader, Genghis Khan is also remembered for his military strategy and leadership skills. He's credited with developing innovative tactics such as the use of cavalry and the creation of a centralized army as well as a legal code that emphasized religious tolerance and protected the rights of women. Well, that's nice of him. Very forward-thinking. Genghis Khan was known also for his cruelty and brutality in warfare. He was ruthless in his military campaigns, often using terror tactics to intimidate and subdue his enemies. He believed in total dominations of his foes, and this often resulted in mass executions enslavement, and destruction of entire cities and communities. And it seems to have strayed a little bit away from the religious tolerance and the protective rights of women. I don't think anybody was protected. One of Genghis Khan's most notorious acts of cruelty was the massacre of the Quarzimian Empire. In 1219, Genghis Khan's forces invaded the empire and the ruler of the Khwarezmian Empire, Shah Muhammad II, fled the capital city in Samarkand, and in retaliation, Genghis Khan ordered the massacre of the city's inhabitants, killing an estimated 50,000 to 100,000 people. The Mongol forces then proceeded to destroy the city, leaving it in ruins. He was known for the use of human shields, where he would force prisoners of war to march at the front of his army, using them as protection against enemy attacks. Now, you said they're prisoners of war, so they're they're prisoners from the other team. Uh, so you're going to use them to protect yourself from the other team. That's the only reasonable thing I can think you do. Just get behind one of them. They're shooting their own people. Seems like fair game to me. It's a very silly thing. Overall, his cruelty was a hallmark of his military strategy, 
and his legacy is often seen as a mixed one with both admiration and condemnation for his brutal tactics. Now, Genghis Khan was also quite the player. There is evidence to suggest that a significant portion of the population of Central Asia <laughs> is related to Genghis Khan. This is because during his lifetime, Genghis Khan and his armies conquered vast territories and had many wives and concubines, leading to a large number of offspring while defending the rights of women back then. I don't see how that's legitimate. In a 2003 study published in the American Journal of Human Genetics, it estimated that as many as 16 million men in the world may be direct descendants of Genghis Khan. And this represents about 0.5% of the male population of the world. Holy shit. It's difficult to determine his actual number of descendants, but it's safe to assume he was banging a lot of people back then while respecting their rights. And there you have it. Thanks for listening to this unscheduled bonus episode of Evil Done Badly. It was terrible. I can be reached on Instagram at Evil Done Badly or by email at EvilDoneBadly at gmail.com. And now we can be reached on Facebook in our Evil Done Badly group as well. Get in there fast before the group explodes. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back with a normal episode next week. But first, here's a couple of uh, listener questions. Nipply Nipplebum from Nebraska says, Can I ask you a question? Well, Nipply, yes you can. Thanks for writing in. And Crispin Crotchin Cookie asks, Why do you still suck after 25 episodes? And to that I say, really? I thought we were improving. Uh, of course, I've never actually listened to any of these episodes. Uh, I got a feeling they're very terrible. So I won't be doing that anytime soon. Thanks for writing in, Crispin. And that will do it. See you next time on Evil Done Badly. Bye-bye. <laughs>